Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution, Major League Soccer, and the U.S. National Team on WNRI AM 1380 and streaming live on the Internet at WNRI.com. Brought to you by Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com, covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now, Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue, joined here today by Brian O'Connell of RevsNet.com. Uh, the Revolution now have clinched the playoff spot thanks to uh, the help from Chivas USA getting the t- draw today. Um, Revolution, that just a technicality at this point to see when the Revs are going to clinch, but with five games left of the season, certainly, certainly a good position to be in. Uh, still have a chance to catch up with D.C., but that's not going to be easy. But a good win for the Revolution last night, 4-2 to over FC Dallas, a team that they're going to face in the U.S. Open Cup Final, a team that's played very well. Uh, throughout the season, had a little bit of inconsistencies, but a team that's shown that uh, they can compete with the best in MLS. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think that was it was just what the doctor ordered as far as far as uh, you know what happened last week in DC. You know that game just it just looked like you know, nothing was going right for the Revs and against a, a, a top ranked squad like DC, it's uh, it was a little discouraging. So to see the win last night, to see them really overtake, uh, just to see them overtake FC Dallas, you know another quality team, um, albeit in the Western Conference, it was it was highly encouraging to see them bounce back from that D.C. loss and come right back with uh, with with the win, with four goals especially, uh, you know, considering that it had been a while since they scored that many goals. And interesting, looking at the standings now, Dallas actually has a negative three goal differential despite their very good <laughs> record. Uh, it kind of shows the certainly that that team has had their struggles uh, and inconsistencies, similar to the Revs where uh, the Revs have certainly been able to recover better, better from their inconsistencies with a uh, plus nine goal differential and still uh, lowest in the league with only six losses. So that, that's a good stat for the Revolution to look at. Uh, but they had a, a lot of soccer left to play this season with those five games yet left. And certainly they're going to want to position themselves as high up as possible and maybe take over first in the East if possible. Oh, yeah, it's still, it's still possible. I know that the differential is only four points at this point, but, you know, D.C. looks like it's on fire. And, you know, I... I, I I don't think anyone would anyone would be disappointed to see the Revs finish second in the Eastern Conference, and uh, with this playoff playoff uh, playoff spot already wrapped up and such. I think it's uh, I think you know looking forward. I think you know these these five games. It'll be interesting to see what what Nickel does as far as substitutes go, as far as you know who he inserts where and uh, which guys he gives rest to. I mean, obviously right now it's much much too early. I mean. 
playoff spots already clinched, but at the same time, you also want to you also want to prepare for the playoffs in uh, in the best manner possible. The Revs' offense is uh, currently second best in the league in goals scored. Certainly, they showed it last night with the two goals from Pat Noonan and Connor Smith played what I thought was his best game of the season. Dangerous on light and scored a great goal with his right foot. Don't see that too often from him, but <laughs> certainly an overall great performance from the Revolution offense last night. The defense did still out a couple of shaky goals there. Um, Matt Reese got caught out a little bit on the first goal and. Uh, the second goal, they d- didn't do a good job of uh, closing down the run there. So, s- still a little bit of worries on defense. Yeah, and uh, you know it's been somewhat of a concern, I think, all season as far as the defense goes. Um, like you had said, that that Ruiz goal, the, the header that went past uh, uh, Reese for the uh, for the first goal of the game for FC Dallas. I mean, that that was that was a goal that. Matt Reese, ninety nine percent of the time, doesn't give up. I mean, like you had said, he had just—it was just simply him being caught out of position. And uh, the second goal in which uh, in which he scored also just—you know—again, it was a quick strike. It was something that I think caught almost everyone off guard. It caught, caught the Revolution backs off guard, and um, you know, it made it interesting towards the end until Cano Smith did score that fourth goal. Yeah, it was certainly certainly a, a game that the Revolution had control of, but they really kind of kind of gave it away. We got giving away that goal right after they had. Gone up by three to one. I uh, got the chance to talk to Paul Mariner at the post game press conference. Paul, of course, was the coach last night with Steve Nichols mm-hmm. suspended. So you don't get to hear the Paul Mariner press conference <laughs> too often, but we do have Paul Mariner's conference uh, from last night that I can play now. Sort of describe what the start of the second half it looked like. You guys came out of possession and really took control of the game. It didn't feel that way. Or... Yeah, we, we, felt, we saw that we could take it to them a little bit more than we had them. Obviously, they're very dangerous on the break. Carlos is is a, a, a past master at holding the ball up and keeping the the team playing, so we were very cautious about that. But we we, we wanted to put the, the back four and the midfield on the back foot, and I thought that um, we did that. Physically doing it or just holding? Just just collectively, collectively, and you know attitude. There's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of running, particularly for the for the midfield players. So Pat and Taylor split very well tonight, and. Shall Ree and Jeff sort of marshal the midfield very, very well. Paul, it seemed like you guys were really successful out wide tonight. Stevie, I know he had it's been like six, five or six matches since he put up a point, and Connor was especially aggressive. And I mean, was that clearly part of the game plan tonight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we, we, we really thought that uh, this was the start of our end of season run. We really need to start our, start our, our season off again. We've been, you know, winning and losing, winning and losing. It's not really our pattern. We wanted to impose ourselves. We, we Worked very, very hard in training this week, emphasising that we need to get the ball out wide to Steve and um, and Canu. And um, as you say, Mike, they they both did except, exceptionally well tonight. Bob, can you just comment on this team response to the home crowd here? Yeah, I mean they, they do take a lot of pride in uh, trying to win as many games as they can at home. What we've found is that most teams like to sit in a little bit on us, so we really do have to use the width. Um, so we've got to be a little bit more patient. You know, we, we said to the lads at halftime, you know, we just need to be a little bit patient going side to side. We can't just whip it out to rally and hope, hope he's going to do the business. Maybe we'll come back the other side. So, no, the players want to do well f- for themselves and obviously uh, in front of the home crowd. The crowd were great tonight. Paul's still concerned because a couple of bad goals conceded tonight. Yeah. Yeah, we we need to get back to, to, to clean sheets. It's all about possession of the ball. And, and as you can see, the quality of the league is improving. That I mean, the, Carlos's goal was an ex- a very good goal from their point of view, very poor goal from our point of view. The service in was very good. Um, obviously, we'll look at that on the on the um, DVD, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, we, we need to start to address that. It's a collective thing, though. It's not It's not just the back three and, and Reese. It's, it's a collective thing. And that was assistant coach Paul Mariner on last night's game. Of course, uh, was the interim head coach for that match with Nichols suspended. Uh, we are going to take a quick break here because uh, we do want to get to Jay Heaps on the phone. Jay is actually going to be going to the Patriots game tonight, so we want to give him plenty of time to get there uh, and get him on early. So we do have a lot more a lot more clips coming up with Noonan, uh, Connell Smith, and uh, Steve Ralston, Michael Parkhurst, Charlie Joseph, all in post-game comments. We'll play those a little bit later after we have uh, Jay Heaps right after this break. for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. National Soccer Hall of Fame is every fan's dream. It's the history of the game in pictures and video, World Cups and jerseys. Visit us online at www.soccerhall.org and plan your trip to Oneonta. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue, joined here in studio by Brian O'Connell. I uh, said so we're going to get Jay Heaps. We'll have him on actually just a couple of minutes there. <laughs> uh, but we, as I mentioned, we do have a couple more comments uh, that I can play. The first being Pat Noonan, the two-goal scorer. He really put in a great performance last night. Oh, no kidding. It was uh, it was uh, the Noonan of old, and it just goes to show how much this club really misses Noonan when he's not healthy. Uh, you know, it, with him being healthy and with him being in full form yesterday, I know that he was substituted late uh, for Chrisman. But, again, two goals for Noonan. Just, uh, it's it's really, really a tremendous, tremendous showing for uh, for the uh, for this, for the Grizzly vet, I guess you could say. And his, his first goal was really a good one. Uh, really a one-touch kind of chip over uh, Dario Saloff, a great cross from uh, Kano Smith, and we do have the comments from him, in particular, in particular, starting off with uh, what what he saw in that goal. Well, it was you know the the same thing that he had been doing, putting the ball in, into the mix and, and around behind that defender. He was you know that was marking him, so we needed to get a runner there, and I was able to find the space. How did you feel out there? Did you feel like the flow was there for you guys tonight? At the second half, yes. In the first half, it was kind of slow. Uh, you know, we had some good things. Uh, we didn't really give them that much, you know, aside from that last, you know, couple minutes, which was a little bit of a letdown. But, you know, I guess defensively we were playing well. Offensively, we weren't clicking very well. We just didn't have too many dangerous chances. But, you know, come halftime, we made some adjustments and found some some holes and guys were moving off each other better. And that's, I think, you know, what, what getting the ball the, wide. What were the adjustments you got you made in the second half? Well, I was trying to find the holes more so that, you know, Raleigh had an option out wide and Kenny had an option out wide. Uh, mm -hmm. Taylor and I um, and then 
you know, the balls from the uh, midfielders out wide into our feet. Uh, we were just getting in better spots so that we can get runners going down, you know, down the flanks. And then we were getting service. And I think our counter, you know, on, on their attacks was good. We were able to get a quick ball out wide or, you know, through our midfield to, to go. Is this the best coming out coming out of win best you felt in a while, or how do you feel coming out of this comparatively? Well, it feels good to get a win against a, you know a good team. At the same time, you know, give it up the the late goal. You know, you like to to you know make some adjustments so that that, that doesn't happen and we can put them away. But uh, it's still a very good victory, and we need to uh, you know build on it and and see if we can't limit our you know mistakes and, and keep finding offensively uh, guys out wide and getting balls in the box. But we like to be at the top of the league once the year's over, and you know if we're going to do that, we gotta you know try to win out and, or come close to winning you know the remainder. So it's going to be you know a nice challenge for us, but you know that's where we'd like to be when the year comes so close. That was Revolution striker Pat Noonan, who had the two-goal performance last night. Played very well for the Revs in leading on to that victory. I believe that was actually his first multi-goal game of the season. We've seen him in the past score a hat-trick, but uh, really he's, he's finally, it seems like, back to 100% after those those injuries he's had in the offseason. Yeah, and you just hope that uh, he can stay healthy throughout these uh, next uh, next few final regular season games and into the uh, playoffs because, again, it's just he's such a tremendous asset to have both him and Twelman when Twelman's not, you know, Twelman was held at bay yesterday, uh, didn't have any goals, but at the same time you had Noonan who just kind of, you know, picked up the slack at, on, on up front and just, you know, had those two tremendous goals. And, uh, again, it's just really a testament to how good he, how good this offense can be when he's healthy. And as good as Chrisman is, Adam Chrisman, who uh, made the, got the promotion to the senior roster, well-deserved. Uh, certainly, Noonan has such an understanding with Twelman that we've seen over the years that really they both play so much better when they're together up there. Absolutely. absolutely, It really is. And even during the time in which, uh, which uh, tw- uh, while Twelman was o- off doing um, the, the national team stuff over in, over in June and July, and, you know, as, as much as, you know, the, the offense really didn't hurt that much, but you can just, you, you could tell the difference between night and day with uh, with Chrisman and, and Noonan, even though they did have you know they, they were successful while they were while they were out there. Um, but at the same time, whenever you have Twelman and Noonan on the pitch at the same time, just you know uh, you know you have to, you have to take you have to like the uh, the refs' chances when they're both on the on the pitch. And Connor Smith. As we mentioned earlier in the show, we'll put in a great performance as well as Noonan. Really, the, the two candidates for man of the match in, the, in that game. Pano Smith uh, has been inconsistent throughout the season, but it seems over the past couple of games, he's, he's really played at a higher level overall. Uh, than he has been throughout the season. Yeah, it's been encouraging, and again, it's uh, he's another one of those guys whose timing couldn't be uh, any more perfect. Almost uh, as we're heading down the stretch, uh, you know, early on he had a couple of good games, and then you know through the summer he just there were times where he seemed to struggle. But like you'd said, uh, you know, like we had, we were talking about earlier, he he seemed to have a good. If there's one player who had a uh, who had a good match during DC, the DC game, it was him. He had a few nice crosses. Uh, unfortunately, you know, they just couldn't get the result in DC. But uh, last night was really really a, a great. A great showing for Kano just to uh, have that assist and, and have that late goal. And as Nickel is always quick to point out, it's, it is a position that he came here as a forward, and he's still he's still having some time learning learning that place. I know, as I mentioned in the previous show, that Nickel talked about wanting Smith you know, to be consistent for four out of those five games, be at his best. Uh, right now, he talks about him being three out of those five. Uh, over the past couple games, he's been playing better. Maybe it's a sign uh, that he is slowly working his way to that, which would be, as you said, perfect time going into the playoffs. But we do have the comments from Connor Smith, uh, who scored a goal and had an assist in last night's match. And also, also he was very happy to have finally <laughs> got on the scoreboard after actually his first goal of the season. 
tend to have good games when I'm, you know, involved a lot. So, you know, my teammates, Raleigh, uh, Shari, Jeff, Avery, all the people that really get the ball to me, they did a good job of getting it to me a lot. So I felt I was in the game a lot, you know, so my confidence just just kept growing and growing. Was there a point when you when you realized or opening minutes later on that you, you because you were consistently breaking him down on the left side? You know, well, Stevie gets on me a lot about, about going outside. He tells me, you know, I go inside too much. So we've been working on that a lot this week. So, I mean, he just told me I better do it all next week because I did it all this week. So. How did it, how do you feel coming? Because I know there's been a bunch of games where you guys have gotten results but haven't been played overall that well. Yeah, definitely. I think we, we played well. It's probably one of our better games. We dictated we dictated the whole first half and the second half as well. So I definitely think we played we played really well tonight. So we gotta keep it up and keep moving forward because we're coming to the most important part of the season. Yeah, I mean, I pushed uh, Jaybird out of the way when he's trying to. I was trying to celebrate. I told him, I'm sorry, I'll take him to lunch next week because that was 23 goals, uh, 23 games of frustration right there. So it definitely feels good to get on the score sheet. On the first goal, you put a couple crosses in before, almost just the same way. Were you kind of just waiting for somebody to make that run? Or? Yeah, I mean, well, me and Patty, we talked about that during the first, um, before the game, you know, he said he's going to be making a nerve post run. So, I mean, I just put it in that spot, but the finish was, was all him. That was a great finish. I just put it in the area, but... That's a tremendous finish by him, but that's that's Pat Noonan right there. That's what he does. I mean, I tell those guys, you don't want to have time to pick my head up. I'll, I'll try to try to find him, but if I'm crossing on a run like that, the balls tend to go to the near post. So I think, you know, Taylor and Pat, they're, they're figuring that out about me now. And one of them, if not, you know, both of them are making that, that near post run. That was Connor Smith. Uh, as I mentioned, that a goal and assist last night. Uh, as, as he said, pushed out. Jay heaves out of the way there when he was celebrating a little bit. So we'll have to ask Jay about that when we have him on in just a little bit. Uh, we actually are going to play one more clip, and then we're going to try to get a hold of Jay. This one's from Steve Rawson, who scored in that match, as well as having two assists. Another player who put in a really good performance. Rawson, I believe, had gone six or five or six games without uh, an assist or a goal, and he's been playing really well this season, so that was a little bit of a surprising streak for him. Uh, s- still, 11 assists two above anyone else in the league in that in that category. So he's been putting on a great year, and we do have his comments uh, from last night's match. You know, we played pretty well tonight and to get the result. Uh, it, was, it was well needed, and we, we needed a, a good performance, not just getting the result, but to play well as well. So, I, thought we did, I thought we did that. I thought, you know, first half, second half was, was better, but the first half was pretty good. We didn't say a whole lot at, half t- at halftime. We were like, you know, let's just keep doing the same things. You know, be a little bit sharper, more creative in the, in the final third, and uh, try and limit the free kicks and the corner kicks, things like that. So, I mean, that's where they're dangerous tonight. Everything they did was was long balls and um, you know, trying to get knockdowns, and, and they got some big boys, and they're dangerous in set pieces, so we try to limit them on those. Um, for you two, I know it's been, I think, about six games since you got a, got a point. Did it feel good to get back on the score sheet? Um, something that was weighing on you a little bit? Not at all. Okay. Was, I'm more worried about the, re- the results. I mean, those, those are the numbers that matter the most is, you know, the wins and losses. And uh, I'm happy about, about getting the win tonight. Take us through your, uh, your goal a little bit. I know there's a lot of... Yeah. Yeah, you know, Taylor, you know, finds the ball all the time in the box and made a great play and, and unselfishly laid it off. And, you know, I, I saw a guy coming to block it, so I just tried to cut it, let him go by. And the goalie made a decent save. I, I should have done better with it. Shelby told me I should have roofed it. Um, but luckily, you know, it, it stayed in there and I was, I was able to just tap it in. 
because you know clearly this is you know this is one of those occasions where, where you guys get the ball back. This is the things you want to do, and it showed tonight, yeah. and especially with Kano playing as aggressive as he was on the left side. Yeah, he had a big game for us tonight. All week long, we've been really been stressing on. You know, opening up in the back and getting it wide, getting the ball wide all week long. And, uh, you know, it paid off. I think, it, you know, they beat it through us so much this week that, you know, during the game it was, it was pretty natural, pretty easy. That, and that's just what we were doing, getting it wide. And, and um, you know, when we do that, then we can start, you know, opening up in the middle field and then finding those guys and switching the field. I thought we did a good job with that. Was, you know, finding the forward, landing off and switching out to Kano and letting him run to that guy. You're still concerned, though, and since you gave up some bad goals tonight, didn't you? Um... You know, Reese lost the ball on the lights, he said. Um, still, we got to follow our runners a little bit. But, you know, when your keeper calls you, I, you know, calls you off, you're going to kind of get out, try and get out of the way. Um, unfortunately, he lost it in the lights. And Carlos Reese is one of the better finishers in the league. And um, we got to do a better job of, of closing the service down and, um, you know, keeping him on, you know, keeping, keeping yourself in a better position where you can see both the ball and him. I think we kind of got to turn around a little bit back there. But overall, it's a great, great game. It's kind of a little scramble. Balls got blocked, got knocked in. And I just happened, you know, a ball came right in stride for me. It's cut it back from another great finish by him. Yeah, and that was uh, Revolution captain Steve Ralston on last night's game. We were at the goal and two assists. And now over the phone, we're joined by Revolution defender Jay Heaps. Jay, can you hear me? Yes, I can. How you guys doing? Good. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Absolutely. And uh, last night you missed out because uh, of a left calf strain. You really haven't missed too many games because of injuries. Is it hard to be sitting on the sidelines and not being able to help the team out? Yeah, it's, it's awful. It's, um, it's one of those things where I just, uh, you know, I needed to, to sit out because it was it was restrained from a couple weeks ago, and uh, it's so tough to be able, you know, to miss a game like that, especially last night when, uh, you know, we were we were so geared up and excited. But, uh, you know, it's also good to step back sometimes and take a look at uh, the team and, and see, uh, you know, how I can help when I come back and, and things I can, you know, kind of start start coaching a little bit as well and, and talk to some of the guys from a, from a different standpoint. We played a comment from Connor Smith just a little bit earlier uh, after scoring his goal. Kind of ran into you there. Uh, he <laughs> said he's promised you a lunch there. Are you going to hold him to that? Yeah, I'm going to hold him to something because uh, <laughs> he shoved me about five or six feet. I felt like a, like a, a linebacker getting shoved out by a big running back. At this point, Jay, this is Brian O'Connell from RevsNet. I just yep. uh, I just wanted to ask you, uh, you know, with the with the calf strain, what's the prognosis? Uh, will you be back on the, up this upcoming week in New York, or uh, what's what's the situation? That's that's my goal. I've, I've been it was it was one of those where I was 100 percent in DC, and then the last like uh, five or ten minutes of that game, because of the heat, because of the humidity, something kind of jumped a little bit, and I kind of restrained it. But I've taken uh, you know the right the right steps, and hopefully this will be you know I'll be I'll be good to go from New York on the rest of the year. I mean I'm hoping that Saturday night uh, I'll be able to come back Saturday night and be uh, you know be healthy the rest of the year because these are this is an injury that I've never had before and um, you know I've never missed a game you know more than one game this year and then missing two is really uh, really difficult for me. But uh, I really hope that this is going to be it. And you were available on the bench there. Would you have been ready to come in and play if you, you were forced to in the right injury situation? Or yeah, if if you know someone got if Parkers or or you know uh, James or, uh, or or Avery come down, I, I would have gone in as you know probably about eighty five percent. But I would have done it just you know just because I knew how important last night's game was, and and uh, you know if if they needed me to go in there, if it was a you know one zero game or something, they needed me to go in, I was going to go in. And Kano, uh, as we mentioned earlier, broke a. Kind of a goal-scoring drop there. You, you yourself broke one in D.C. Uh, obviously not the result you'd hoped for, but uh, was, was it good to get that goal finally? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it was good. I, uh, it's funny. I think um, usually most of the games I come back after missing a game, um, I usually find the, find the net. So uh, 
you know, missing that game and then being able to score was great. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to do the same this week in uh, New York. <laughs> that would certainly be a good, good way to return from injury again there. Uh, what, as we mentioned, uh, the D.C. game, D.C. Uh, still top of the division, but you guys did manage to clinch a playoff spot today. Is it great to kind of get that out of the way, kind of a relief? Well, no, I think, you know, for us, I mean, obviously it's nice to make the playoffs and it's, a, it's our goal at the beginning of the season. But because, uh, you know, we feel uh, the depth of our team and how strong we've uh, been the last couple of years, our goal is to be at the top of our league and top of the league, uh, MLS in general. So when D.C. started to sneak away from us, that, you know, that makes us uh, – you know, very, uh, you know, we want to catch them. So I think that for us, you know, obviously, catch a playoff is great, but, you know, we're going to look for, uh, you know, trying to finish the top of the league and definitely, uh, in the top three or four for sure if, uh, you know, for the, for the, for the, the, uh, the cup that we want to qualify for as well. Jay, this uh, this is Brian O'Connell again. Yep. I just wanted to uh, ask you with the with the remaining five games and the t- uh, the team t- currently ticketed for the playoffs, what's the biggest thing that the team can do to improve uh, going to the playoffs? Uh, obviously, you know there there's been question about uh, sometimes the team uh, fails to score. Sometimes there there are some weaknesses. Uh, what, what's the biggest thing that the team you you feel needs to address uh, going into these last five games? Um, I think it's, it's solidifying the defense, solidifying it as. Um, not leaking those goals that we've been doing. You know, this year um, has been uh, has been something that uh, you know we've played unbelievable defensively, and then we've you know let it slip away. Like I said, we've never really been on the same page. The offense is playing well, and the defense is giving up goals. So for us, it's going to be finding that right rhythm. And I know, um, you know as a player, um, that you know I pride myself on you know trying to help the team defend. And, and everyone, you know, obviously they say defenders, but everyone has to defend. So when we're doing that, that's what we play our best. And I think that's what we have to focus on. Is, is getting zeros and then uh, and then going forward and you know once if we're zero zero in a game, believe me, Pat Newton or Terrence Wellman is going to get a goal and, and that's the way we got to look at it. In the past couple of games, you really past couple of years, you really come on strong towards these. We're really these last six games of the season. How important is it to you know kind of stay consistent and keep getting those wins uh, heading into the playoffs? So important. I think that's what happened last year for us. You know, we uh, we were able to you know win a couple games. We were DC in DC that kind of pushed us forward and. Uh, you know, so I think that you know, for us, it's important to get wins any way you can right now as we get hot uh, toward the end of the year. And you're looking at the upcoming schedule your way uh, in New York this weekend. Certainly a, a big rivalry there over the past few years. Uh, they're a team that needs wins really to make sure that they they are in the playoffs. Is that going to be a really tough game going down there? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I know you saw our schedule, and I don't know how we, I guess, lucked out in quotes that, that we had to play New York at home at their place twice. We had to play at D.C. twice. We had to play in Chicago twice. And only play them once at home. So I mean, at this point of the year, when you're going to a, a rival's, uh, you know, uh, their home, it's, it's always difficult. But having said that, uh, you know, it also works to our benefit because we're preparing for the playoffs as well. So uh, you know, we start to get those hostile environments and, and, and learn how to play in them and, and get guys that don't have that experience, a little bit of experience in an environment like that. And it's a little bit down the road, but you got the big uh, U.S. Open Cup final coming up on. Uh, October 3rd. You've beaten Dallas twice now this year, once away or once at home. Certainly that's got to give the team a lot of confidence going away to Dallas for that match. You know, I think, you know, obviously last night it was definitely a good confidence builder in terms of, uh, you know, sizing up Dallas. But I don't think, you know, I think that they're, they're a team that they didn't really, uh, that wasn't their, their true team last night. I think that, uh, you know, I think that because Toha wasn't there and, uh, and a couple of other players looked like they were getting a rest. So I think that, you know, not... Not that they took us lightly, but I think that they were wrestling some guys, you know, to make their playoff hunt. So I think, you know, on the third, it's going to be a completely different team. So uh, you can't take, uh, you can't rest on the laurels of uh, two victories. You really got to, you know, clinch it and take it as a different game. And how important is that 
uh, Open Cup championship to you uh, compared to these regular season games? You know, it's important. It, it really is, you know, because it's a championship. We want to win something. That, you know, this year we, are, we really want to win the, you know, the MLS championship. We really want to win the MLS, uh, you know, the, uh, the top of the league, and we really want to win, uh, you know, the Sports Shield. We also want to win the Cup. And uh, I call it the trifecta, but that's what we're going for. And, uh, you know, we still have an opportunity to do it. You know, it's going to be tough to, to win the league, but, uh, you know, and, and all the others. But uh, if we push forward, I think we can do it. Do you ever look at the, you know, the history of a tournament like that, that, now, the, particularly the history of New England about those great teams from, you know, the, the 30s and 40s that won from Fall River and uh, Rhode Island. And does that make it kind of a little more interesting there? And are you a little disappointed maybe that doesn't get the recognition that the competition deserves? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I do. I think that, you know, I, I think in time as, as, a, as the soccer grows and as, as MLS grows and, and, and soccer in general just gets more popularity, the U.S. Open Cup is going to be, you know, something that, that, that is going to be on people's calendars and, and because it's going to start popping out and realize that any team can win it. And, uh, you know, there's that there's always that story story book. But at the same time, um, you know, we like to be, you know, the favorite and also to win it. So I think for for a couple of years, I played in two finals, one, one for Miami and one for New England in uh, – let me tell you, it's a final is a final, and uh, you know it will be pretty intense. So, you know, I think for us, it's something that we want to put on, uh, you know, put on something that we that we're going to win that and get our first trophy that way. And looking at the remaining regular season schedule, you're really playing all teams that are in positions where they need to pick up, you know, wins to assure their spots in the playoffs. Teams like Columbus, Chicago, uh, New York, and Colorado. Uh, does that make it kind of a trap game where you're looking at these teams that maybe haven't done that well recently in the regular regular season, but teams that are really going to be going out there and hungry for that victory? Yeah, and, it, and it, what's good is it also prepares you for the playoffs. Again, it, it gets to an environment where it's, you know, for some of these teams, it's, it's going to come down to, our game, if it's their last game of the year, if they don't win it, they're not in the playoffs. So, you know, that that's one of those winning go home type attitudes, and, and we have to be able to prepare for that and, and show true, uh, you know, show our true colors, and not let the fact that we're in the playoffs, you know, affect the way we play toward the end of the stretch. And we've talked about uh, the the revolution and their strong runs over the past the past few years. Uh, with clinching the playoffs early, does it ever become a question of you know trouble getting motivated for this game, or is that not a problem at all? Because you're really looking forward to that, trying to trying to catch up with that supporter shield. I, I, that's what it is. I mean, we, right now we're we're you know there's a lot of motivation left for us, and the supporter shield is without question still within reach. And all it takes is uh, you know a DC tie or a loss, and and, and, and us to push forward. So I think for us, there's going to be tons of motivation left this year. And and I and I think that that's something Steve Nichols always done is that. We don't rest. You know, we've qualified for the playoffs the last couple of years early, and it's something that, uh, you know, it's, it, it's something that you just, you have to use that confidence and push forward and, uh, and get a rhythm. And I think when you get a rhythm, you get confident. And, uh, you know, that's what DC is doing right now. They're confident. Uh, you know, I think it would be nice to knock them off their pedestal a little bit and get them a little riled before playoffs. And looking at the, the season this year, the teams had a really good home support, uh, Really, a higher attendance average this year than the past year is up by several thousand. Have you been impressed by uh, the turnouts at the home games this year? Yeah, it's been awesome. You know, we, we always have great fans, but you know, every time you get a couple more thousand people in there, it's just uh, it's that much more exciting. I mean, last night's crowd was great, and uh, you know, it's it, that's fun for everybody. I mean, it's fun for the players, but it's also fun for the crowd because you know it's, it's more exciting and more enjoyable. And certainly, that's got to be another motivating factor as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, when people are there to watch you, it definitely gets more motivation. Jay, and just to backtrack on something that Sean had mentioned about the supporter shield and uh, with DC United at the top of the table right now, and um, the the loss last week against them, uh, what's what's the biggest thing you can you you as a as a player can take from that, uh, knowing that you may have to face them again in the playoffs at some point? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think that, um, you know, I think what happened was we, we actually had to lead in that game, and I think that, uh, you know, giving up a lead has been something that we have to focus on, um, a little bit better, and, um, and we almost did it again last night where we, we, you know, it's almost like we score and then, uh, something happens or we turn off, and I hope it's not something that we, you know, that it's gonna haunt us. I hope it's something that we can take away from these games, learn from, and, and really push forward on, and I think that, you know, it's something that we have to be conscious about. And uh, I think that's what we need to take away is, is what we need to do to change, um, you know, ourselves. Not so much, you know, what they do because I think that we we did well. We could have we could have scored a couple more goals even before, uh, you know, before we went up two one. And um, we just didn't play all that well. But having said that, you know, I think the the, the small things in the game those are the things we can improve upon, and those are the things we're going to take away. Is there anything really to explain, you know, why those happened? I remember the game a couple a month ago, I believe, against Kansas City, where you know, watching the team play. Really, I thought it was the best defensive performance of the year. They, they limited the team uh, to really all long-distance shots there. Uh, is there anything that really changes from game to game or why some of these mental lapses occur? You know, it, it, it is. I think it's game to game. I think that you, know, you have to look at the, 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 long, the length of the game and, and how, how much pressure we're under uh, defensively. You know, a lot of these games that, uh, you know, it, it looks like we're in control, like a zero, you know, a zero-zero game or a one-zero game us and, uh, you know, we've been defending, you know, for, for 60, 70 minutes of the game. So you start to break down a little bit. So that's going to be important for us to keep possession of the ball. And I think when we do that, um, that's when we really defend well because we have the energy to really close down and, and be, you know, ahead of their defenders, excuse me, ahead of their attackers. Our defenders are a little step ahead. And that's important for us is to, to be in position when we have the ball. And uh, whenever we have the ball and whenever we're playing well, uh, that's, that's, you know, that's our best attack and our best defense as well. I know we've asked you this in the past when you've been on the show. Uh, certainly, playing playing for the Revolution in your home state of Massachusetts is still still very exciting to be playing uh, for the local team. Uh, it's the best, no, no question about it. Um, and I'm a uh, I'm a you know, they call me a homer because I and I love this place. I love uh, playing for Boston. I love playing for New England. I love uh, you know I lived here uh, my whole life and I, I think it's great. And I'm actually right now at the Patriots game and uh, I think it's great uh, you know being here and. Uh, Supporting teams, but also being a player, you know, playing this type of environment is also so exciting. What's been your best memory so far of uh, your soccer career? I, you know, there's a couple. I, you know, all the finals as highs and lows. Um, you know, I think the 2002 playing in front of you know 60,000 people here at Gillette that was you know a surreal moment being on that field and seeing uh, you know just just the place completely packed. And then also, you know, I mean, you know, playing in these finals are tough. I mean, I've had a you know I think missing the penalty last year was Obviously, probably the lowest point, but at the same time, you know, you got to step away and say, hey, you know what? I had, you know, uh, wanted to step up and take it. Some guys didn't want to do it, and, and I did it, and I missed. But at the same time, you know, I'll, uh, I'll walk away with that knowing that I had the courage to step up and try at least. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today. All right, guys. Thank thanks, you. Sean. Enjoy okay. the game. Thank you, Sean. Bye, Rod. That was uh, Revolution Defender Jay Heaps. Uh, who, as I mentioned, missed out that missed out the game, missed out on the game last night due to injury. Really, really hasn't missed many games at all for the Rebels. Just the second game this season missed due to injury, and I believe third all time. They were saying uh, for the Revolution missed due to injury. So uh, hopefully we'll see him back next week in New York. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we, we, you hope that he's healthy enough to continue in through these final, these final uh, regular season matches and into the playoffs. Because I really, I really think this this team is is much better with Jay Heaps on the pitch than with him off it. Uh, a guy who brings the you know the steadying leadership, uh, that kind of presence that you know uh, that you can only get from being in the playoffs in the past. And you know Jay's been part of the past three you know Eastern Conference Championship teams. And you know it. it, it, it 
not not enough can be said about a guy like that who can you know who, who's been there and who's done that and you know like he had mentioned last year's you know MLS Cup Finals where he took that shot where all the guys didn't want to take it that that's the type of guy you want in your team going down the stretch and you know just leading the team towards uh, towards uh, hopefully playoff glory this year. And you mentioned that what changes they need to make or what they what they can take from playing that game in D.C. and, and that loss there. It, it's another thing is there, maybe they want to go change the formation. If they're going to go change to a 4-4-2, they need a, a guy that keeps him there, certainly, because uh, we've seen what he can do either playing in the center of a, four, of a four-man back line or on the right. Absolutely, and it's just you know uh, again it goes it just goes back to and, and and I know he mentioned the fact that you know there have been de- defensive lapses this year and you know there'll be games where they don't allow any goals and then the next game they allow three or they they allow four and it's just um, you know it, it's 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 nice to know that they're you know that they recognize that I'm sure they do recognize that but uh, but uh, you know you just hope that a guy like him can kind of can kind of steer that defense back towards uh, you know the the same defense that we saw last year that. Um, they almost needed to have that kind of defense with the way that the offense was clicking last year. I believe they scored 39 goals, which was was the next to last uh, amount of goals last year for a playoff-bound uh, team. So um, hopefully we can see the uh, defense of 06 uh, return in 07. We are going to take another quick break here, and then we'll be back to look a little bit more about the upcoming schedule and maybe talk a little bit about the uh, Women's World Cup. <laughs> Soccer Hall of Fame is every fan's dream. It's the history of the game in pictures and video, World Cups and jerseys. Visit us online at www.soccerhall.org and plan your trip to Oneonta. Looking for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Sean Donahue here joined by Brian O'Connell of RevsNet.com. Uh, and of course, we do have, as I mentioned, we do have a couple more clips that we're going to play uh, for you from last night's game before we talk a little bit more about the upcoming schedule, some of the other games last night, and a little bit about the Women's World Cup. Uh, first, we had Michael Parkhurst, who did talk a little about the defensive inconsistencies. Um, we have his comments now. You know, we thought we had it sealed when it was 3-1. Looked to Avery, and I was like, you know, finally we get that extra goal to take some stress off ourselves, and, you know, we give it right back. 
You know, it's always a grind when you're only up a goal late in the game. You think this sort of gets you started for a late season run? I mean, are you guys consciously trying to get that going? Yeah, you know, uh, week in and week out, we're trying to get that going. Um, you know, and it seems like we're putting together one good result and then one bad result. So, you know, we really got to, uh, you know, concentrate next time we go out to, you know, to stop that trend. Um, you know, we need to find some consistency going into the playoffs. And that was a Revolution defender, Michael Parkhurst. Uh, the final comments that we had were from Shari Joseph. Uh, Joseph really put an emphasis on wanting on how important it was for the team to win all three uh, of these trophies. Just like Jay Heap said, the trifecta, as he <laughs> as he said, with the Supporter Shield, Open Cup, uh, and MLS Cup. And we have his comments. The only thing they had to do was they dead balls and Salah long kick. I mean, he would punt the ball from to the 18, and that would force us back defensively, uh, force our back three to defend from so from so far back into the box. So once we limit that service, then I thought we was open, and I thought we were the better team throughout the game. I think this sort of gets you guys off to uh, you know sort of a season-ending rally that you've always had. Does this, does this I, I hope so. I certainly hope so. We had a bad game last week against DC, and we home, so we know we had to get three points just to keep close to DC but we know how good they are and we just want to keep close once we win our games then we don't have to worry about anything we can come in second and still have a good position throughout the playoffs you know how you guys feel about Paul? How big was it tonight to get the win for Paul? Uh, it was huge. We all say we wanted to do it for him, but he's not that kind of guy who's like pump, like running to the chest and stuff like that. We know how great he is, and we love having him here. And he's the guy that keeps his engine running. When Stevie is not here, he takes over and he runs the session. He's one of the best guys we can have on our team. Open Cup final could be the first step to the real final you guys are looking for? Uh, yeah, we definitely want to win all the trophies this year. We support the Shield, Open Cup, and MLS Cup, of course. Uh, that's a good step in this direction towards the MLS Cup, and we know we got them in the final, so we just wanted to prove our point tonight with a better team and keep it in the head when the Open Cup come around. It's going to be a tough final. We know it's an important game, even though it's regular season, but with the Open Cup coming up with against them, we know how important they was to get three points today. And that was uh, Revolution midfielder Shari Joseph on, on the match last night and the upcoming schedule and the importance of kind of going on a run there and as well as the importance of winning all three trophies that they had the opportunity to win. Uh, looking at the upcoming schedule, as you mentioned, the New York Red Bulls uh, away game this weekend, that's certainly going to be a tough match on Saturday for uh, the team. Red Bulls have, some very, have a lot of quality on their side, but really after a strong start, I haven't shown much consistency at all. No, they really haven't. And, um, you know, I, I'm just looking at the score sheet from yesterday, and you know, it's just they they had Juan Pablo on held score, and you know, they had you know they it, it just seems like you know they're 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 doing what the Revs aren't doing, and that's that's coming together late. I mean, it's hard to judge, uh, you know, the, how the Revs are playing based on you know one game last night, but again, a, a game like last night is encouraging. Um, just looking at again, just looking at the score sheet, and you know, it just it's it's just a matter. Of, it's just a matter of how well, how well they, you know, how 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 determined they are to face uh, to face the Revs uh, on Saturday. They they drew to uh, they drew to a, a revitalized almost uh, Chicago, Chicago Fire. So um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of team shows up uh, on Saturday. But, well, going into the match, certainly a point would look good for the Red Bulls. At that point, they were up a man when they gave up the tying goal. So certainly they, they show they have shown a lot of defensive weaknesses. Uh, over this past season, that the Rebels will look to exploit, and I believe they have the offensive power to do so. Yeah, and um, you know, you, you certainly couldn't tell uh, when the last time they came here, and you know, it was uh, pretty much a one-one game until that until that own goal. 
Uh, uh, so, I mean, you know, it's 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 just a matter of you know which which uh, which of each team shows up. Uh, do we see the Revolution team that struggled to score against the Red Bull? Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, or you know, is it the team that we saw last night? Uh, you know, just pretty much obliterate FC Dallas with the exception of those uh, those two kind of freakish goals, I guess you could say. And then after that, they faced the Colorado Rapids, who uh, actually a month ago today they lost three to nothing to in Colorado. So hopefully that would be a motivating factor for them when they're going to that match, wanting to make up for that one. Certainly a home match against Colorado is a lot different than an away match at altitude, uh, but that will certainly not be an, not be an easy match at all. As we saw Colorado come back uh, from a goal down and a man down today against Chivas, who's been playing really well. Uh, and they're a team that really needs to be fighting for the, every point they can get if they want to make the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. And like you had said, uh, I know you had mentioned it to Jay that uh, these these games in which we face teams that you know are, are struggling for their playoff lives, uh, you really can't underestimate teams like that. They could be called trap games for the fact that you know uh, on paper it looks like the Rev, that the Revs should beat these teams you know down the stretch. Um, but again, you can't you can't sleep on teams like like Colorado and and, and like with the, the the Red Bulls that you know are really like uh, you know they, nothing settled for them other than the fact that they need to win to get in uh you know and it's e- and it would be easier i guess you could say for the revs to kind of rest on their laurels and i think that's that'll be the biggest test going into these games is whether or not the revs you know do rest on their laurels and they let teams like columbus uh columbus in in chicago and you know and, and the red bulls in colorado just kind of like you know overwhelm them because they have so much more to play for and then following that match they have the midweek game against dallas which is Another the Open Cup final game, which will also be interesting to see uh, if they decide to rest anybody for that for that Colorado game, uh, which which again could prove to be another 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 bit of a trap there with the with the oh, tough yeah. schedule there. Because certainly certainly the Open Cup final is a huge game for this team going down there to Dallas. Uh, but it was interesting to hear that Jay Heaps bring up the fact that Dallas were missing a couple of players in that game. A guy like Juan Toha who's played very well this season, and talking to uh, some of the people from Dallas, it sounds like Kenny Cooper might be might be back and ready to play in that match and he certainly brings a completely different dimension to that team uh heightened strength that uh really could test the revolution's back line yeah toha and cooper are just very two two very very integral pieces to to a dallas team that you know could, could have really used them last night and you know uh it, it was a great point that jay made that this this that the team that they faced last night probably isn't going to be the team that they get that they face you know on october 3rd so uh it's it's good to know that they're they're aware of that that they know that you know this that you know the, the Last night's game was pretty much it really didn't give them an indication as to what to expect to you know come October third. Um, you know it's just a matter of preparing and and I and you know it's and I'm sure the Revolution will be prepared for a match like that where you know we very well could see Cooper and uh, and Juan Soho back on the pitch. And the other interesting thing for that will be to see uh, what they do to replace Shari Joseph who will be out suspended for that match. Certainly that's a big loss for the Revolution. Uh, you would think maybe a guy like Gary Flood to get a chance, but Gary Flood wasn't even on the bench last night for some reason, which uh, though he wasn't listed on the injury list. It certainly seems to be a bit of surprise as he seems to be the first guy you know off the bench should a defensive midfielder go down yeah it's uh you know you have to wonder what the contingency plan is if it, if flood isn't ready to go and you know obviously with Shari having to sit that game uh you know do they change formation do they you know i mean who do they insert in in uh Shari joseph's place i mean i know early i believe it was earlier this year that they put in michael parkhurst earlier in the in his role and you know the team Seemingly didn't miss a beat, but uh, there were there were times in which uh, you know it, you, you certainly miss Shaw Reed because uh, because there were some plays in which you know you just you just wish that 
uh, you could have had Shalry out there. Um, obviously, he brings a more setting presence because he's so good at what he does. Yeah, and with Parkhurst in the midfield, uh, for one, you lose his presence on the back line where he's so strong. But also, his, his distribution from the back is great. Uh, when he's up in the midfield, he doesn't have as much time. And I think that's where the biggest difference was between him and Shalry. He looked good uh, defensively from that role, but uh, his distribution really lacked compared to Shalry at, at that position. So that'll be interesting. I know you mentioned Parkhurst played there. We saw... Uh, Riley see a little bit of time there in the Open Cup game in Rochester actually contributed a great assist and played really strongly and strongly there. It would be interesting to see certainly that they have some options there. Uh, what 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 route they choose to go against Dallas? Maybe they'll even switch to a different formation. Yeah, and uh, it, it's it's another it's another question going into that game as far as you know whether they switch up formations, whether who they insert as far as uh, you know Shawry's replacement, and you know it, it'll certainly be as as if the uh, match doesn't have uh, you know a few subplots uh, you know already with the uh, with the absent with the maybe uh, the bringing back of of, uh, of Kenny Cooper and Juan Toha. You know we also have on the Revolution end. You know who's who's to take Shalry Joseph's spot, so um, you know, I guess, I guess the only thing that can be said is that last night's game may have been no indication as far as what we can expect come October third. Yes, certainly that's going to be a, a very tough game for the for the team away for a Cup final. Uh, motivation for Dallas is going to be huge, especially coming off those two losses. Uh, it will give them even more reason to be fired up for that match. Then following that game, two Saturday games away at Chicago. Chicago is a team that's really changed things around, as you mentioned. Revitalized Chicago team with, with uh, Blanco, who's been playing extremely well. A guy like Paulo Anchape, who really brings a different dimension to them up front. A, a lot of height and physical p- presence in the air that will provide a lot of a lot of chances for them on set pieces. And a guy like Blanco can really serve in the set pieces. Uh, the Reds have had some trouble uh, defending on those plays this year, and that'll be interesting to see how that goes against a Chicago team that's really really turned things around. Absolutely. I mean, I think if you ask anyone at this, uh, you know, three months ago whether or not Chicago was going to get into the playoffs, and I think you would find you'd be hard pressed to find anyone that would think that they'd be they'd be at this point right now. But certainly, Blanco has certainly just revitalized, uh, you know, that team. Uh, you know, a lot of the talk was about Beckham coming in and just you know absolutely improving, you know, the the gals, and you know, obviously uh, Beckham can't control his own injury status. But at the same time, uh, you know, Blanco, uh, you know, uh, has almost quietly gone about his business and really, really revitalized, uh, has has been leading that revitalization, you know, with, with the Chicago Fire. Now they're a team that the uh, that the refs have to be careful as to not, you know, uh, take lately. Uh, you know, the last time they faced them, um, you know, Blanco wasn't there. So now they have uh, a little bit tall, of a taller task uh, this time around. And then they have the Columbus crew following that match. That's a team that the refs have tied twice this year, uh, 3-3, 2-2. Uh, that game at home. Uh, a guy like Scalotto has really made a difference in Columbus, but they're a team that ha- hasn't had the consistency, the consistent turnaround that Chicago has. They've certainly been playing better, but still not to a level of a team that's necessarily definitely going to make the playoffs. They they still have a lot a lot to do if they are to clinch a playoff spot, and that game might really be a deciding factor for them. So they're going to be a highly motivated team uh, for the second last match of the season for the Revolution. Yeah, definitely, and it's uh, you know, it, it, and, and in my opinion, I, I don't think that the uh, the refs had any business drawing both of those games. Uh, the, the the crew are clearly clearly. Uh, a, a team that that just really, at least in my estimation, couldn't hold a candle to the Revs at, at the uh, at, during both games. Uh, both both games were drawn at, in the in the winning minutes. Uh, I believe they were both. Each of the goals were both scored at eighty at the eighty sixth minute. And you, you hate to lose game. You hate to lose. Uh, you know, you hate to lose the lead that late in the game. And, and to a team that I think at both times, uh, you know, Columbus was at the bottom of the Eastern Conference standings. So, um, you know, a cer- certainly a different outlook this time. Once uh, now that Columbus is kind of 
uh, brought its game back together and, you know, is, is vying for that playoff spot. And as Heaps mentioned, the problems with keeping leads, those two games certainly there were exactly. some other good examples exactly. that they're, they're going to want to forget and turn around for that game. And then they end the season with uh, Toronto uh, up up in Canada. That game should be very interesting. Toronto, as we mentioned, uh, hasn't scored in 822 <laughs> minutes now, uh, That not since July 7th. That is a record they're going to want to end. They were up a man for a good 55 minutes last weekend. Uh, they had 12 shots on goal. Romano made some great saves in that match. Uh, they're a team that, at that point, most likely will have been eliminated from playoff contention, unless it, barring, barring a mini-miracle for them. <laughs> so they're going to be a team that might not have much to play for, but certainly in front of their home home fans are going to want to end their season with a win. Absolutely, and, it's, and those home fans are really, I think, what keeps them going. Uh, you know, they have a tremendous uh, fan support up there, and uh, I'm sure they had, like, nothing better than to just, you know, you know, end the season on a high note and, to, uh, and just to beat uh, a club like the Revs, uh, finally, just to end the season and, you know, uh, give Toronto a lot of credit for supporting a team, for supporting uh, Toronto, and, you know, I, I mean, obviously, they ha- they're they going through the first year growing pains, um, but just the, just the fan support up there has been tremendous, and I know that, you know, it, a lot of people ask, you know, how, well, how, how tremendous is the fan support going to be? You know, two years if they continue with records like this. But again, there's nothing that the, I, I don't think there's anything more that the uh, Toronto Toronto and its fans would like to see than to uh, than to see their club, you know, beat beat the Revolution to cap the cap the season off. Especially with the two disappointing uh, big big defeats the Revolution have had over Toronto, that took four nothing and three to nothing. They're going to be fired up for that game. Kind of embarrassed by those two defeats, I would imagine, uh, especially in front of their home fans. They're going to want to. Want to want to make a statement really by ending the season with a big one? Absolutely, it's 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 going to be an interesting match to see because we have because the Revs have so easily uh, you know defeated them in the prior two games. We won't look at uh, DC's schedule, but uh, that is the team the Revs are trying to catch for the supporters' shield. Of course, Chivas has a sh- good shot at that too, uh, but they have a tough schedule coming up with the Copa Sudamericana games, uh, and they're maybe missing a couple players this weekend due to suspension. So, th- they're a team that's been willing to rest players as well. Whether that comes back to haunt them. Uh, we'll see in these upcoming games, but certainly that race isn't over yet. Uh, but before uh, we have to wrap up the show, I do want to mention the uh, Women's World Cup. U.S. getting off to maybe a little bit of a disappointing start with a 2-2 draw. Start off the tournament, Abby Wambach out getting stitches when they scored both goals. Uh, then the Koreans scored both goals in that, in that game. So uh, disappointing start, but they really came back with a 2-0 victory in their second match. And now they look in a great position to go on and advance to the next round uh, of the Women's World Cup. Yeah, that first uh, North Korean game was really one that uh, you know it was. Uh, I was watching that game start to finish, and that was a very, very tough game. That was a game that really could have gone towards North Korea uh, at any point. They actually took a two to one lead at one point, uh, had me on the edge of my seat. Um, so it was good to see that the draw was actually a fortunate result for the Americans. They really lucked out with that, and um, you know, uh, testament to Greg Ryan's team. And then the Sweden, the game versus Sweden was you know the USA in their old form, just. Uh, thoroughly dominating most parts of that match and you know coming away with uh, two Abby Wambach goals. And finishing the uh, group stage off with on, on the 18th with uh, Nigeria, that's certainly a game that you'd expect the women's team to beat. Uh, but certainly unexpected things have happened in the World Cups in the past, so n- nothing that they can take for granted. But this is a very strong U.S. side that uh, should have a great chance of winning this. Absolutely, and uh, you know they, you see them willing to make uh, defensive adjustments and uh, and uh, formation adjustments. I think the first game versus North Korea, they they went with three four three. Uh, they went back to uh, four four three for the uh, um, uh, four uh, four three three, I should say, for the uh, Sweden game. And then you know, like you said, uh, anything can happen in World Cup play, especially in group play. So you just have to be careful for uh, for Nigeria uh, come Tuesday. And as we mentioned, the Net Revolution's next game this weekend on Saturday against the New York Red Bulls. Not a game you want to miss. 
Miss coming up at 7.30 p.m. on TV 38. That should certainly be an exciting game. Always is in those games. We've seen a believe, 5-4 matches in the past in New York. Uh, you never know what to expect from those ones. No, not at all. And uh, it, should, it, should be pre- it should be a good, entertaining match. Uh, you know, obviously, Red Bull have a lot to play for, and the, the Revs want to keep their uh, winning ways going. We mentioned the impact of Pat Newton. He's a guy that's had a lot of success against New York. Seems he scores every game down there they play him. So he's going to be a guy to watch in that match. Absolutely, and let's let's hope that uh, you know both he and uh, Twelman can get on the uh, on the score sheet and uh, uh, come away from New York for, with uh, three points. We do have to wrap things up here, but uh, there's one more game going on tonight between Houston Los Angeles Galaxy. Los Angeles Galaxy really needs to win this one <laughs> uh, to have any any hope at all of making the playoffs. Houston, a team that's up near the top. Uh, so that should be an interesting game coming up uh, without David Beckham on the Galaxy. But a couple other stars returning, such as Landon Donovan, for this match. Uh, again, we do have to wrap things up. We'll be on next week. You can get the latest archives at revolutionrecap.com. Take thank our guests today, and thanks for listening to us. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.